So today, uh, we're going to talk about joy, as I already mentioned. And so the first week, we, we talked about um, hope, which is a, a great thing. And for me, this has been really cool, because a lot of times, you know, for those of you that know kind of what preachers experience, usually whatever we're going to preach on, we kind of experience it a little bit that week. So like if I'm talking about anxiety or depression or, you know, fear, like, oh, bummer, you know, because I... I will kind of experience it that week, but this, so I've been able to talk about hope, and that's great, and then last week we talked about peace, and today I get to talk about joy, so it's been a super good week, really happy about that. Today, we're going to get right into the Christmas story of um, Luke, and we're gonna, if you have your Bibles with you, or your phone or something, uh, go there if you would, second chapter, Dr. Luke gives us his account of uh, Jesus being born into this world. Let me give you a little context before we actually start reading it. So, if you know the story, uh, the Israel is not free. They're living under uh, the regime of the, of the Roman government at that particular time, which was a really terrible time for Israel. It was a very, very dark time. Not only was it dark politically, because it was really, um, um, they were not free people, but also spiritually, because at this point in time, the people of God, Israel, they had not heard from God in 400 years. It was like God had gone silent for 400, no prophet had spoken. There had been no indication uh, uh, from heaven or anything from God. And, but they were waiting. They were waiting. And, and that's really what Ad Advent is all about. It's anticipation for the Messiah. And then suddenly, Jesus comes on, on the scene. So if, if you know the story, the manger, you've need all seen the nativity scenes. Uh, and so we're going to pick it up right in, in verse 8. But at verse 7, uh, Mary and Joseph have had little baby Jesus. They're down in this barn area with animals, and uh, Jesus is in the manger. And so let's, let's pick up the story. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, I'm sorry, verse 8, and there were shepherds, and there were shepherds. Um, that is a really spectacular statement right there. It may not seem like much to you, but you have to know the way that shepherds were viewed at this particular time. Shepherds were at the, they were, they were at the bottom rung of the social ladder. They were uh, thought to be dirty, thieves, unreliable, outcast, everything you could think bad about people, that's what shepherds were. And there were shepherds, and look what happens. Living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You would be too if you saw angels. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, which actually is, is Bethlehem, uh, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. This is what they've been waiting for. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What an unbelievable moment this was is, is God breaks into the reality of, of mankind. And so the question we want to ask, and it's about joy, is how do I experience this Christmas message of joy? And as I've mentioned the last couple of weeks, some people, just they're all about Christmas. They're like, this is the greatest time of the year. Other people, it's like, I, I say it's kind of like 50-50 as I talk to different people. Other people don't experience it that way. It's, it's not about joy. It's about stress. It's, it's about, I just want to get through this. And so I'm hoping that we, as we leave here today, that we'll have hope and we'll have peace 
and we're going to have some joy as we, as we walk out the door. So the first thing is that we have to remember that the good news of great joy is offered to everyone. I go back to the shepherds. God could have said, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus to the powerful people, to the significant people, to, to, to the famous people. He said, no. You know where we're going to start? We're going to start with the shepherds. Uh, but the angel said, then, do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news that will be for all people. And the shepherds must have thought, well, when you said all people, you were not kidding. Because we are at the bottom. And I love the fact that God seems to always favor the underdog. That he tries to level the playing field. Because we, that's probably not the way we would have done it. But God says, that's the way that, that I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, have you ever judged somebody this way? Like, you know what? I, I, I would maybe let them know I'm a Christian or tell them about God or something or maybe even share my story a little bit. But I, I just don't think they're there. I, I don't think they'd be open at all. Like, there's no way. That, there's no way that person would be open to the gospel. Have you ever done that? Ever been guilty? I, I have. I'll, I'll own it. I have at times. And so today, uh, there's, you know, we think of some people, maybe celebrity figures, maybe a guy like uh, Kanye West. And, and you think, uh, we all kind of know about him, you know, the hip-hop dude and, and all his notorious stories and all the, you see him on the tabloids and like, what in the world is he doing now? And I don't know if, you, if you've heard, but recently he's made a move towards God. And, and, and so what's interesting about this story is I talk to people who are people of faith and people outside of faith, it seems like they're both judging him. It, it, it seems like people that are outside of faith are going, man, that guy's just a nut, you know, I don't know what this is like, this latest ridiculous deal he's on. And then I talk to people of faith and they're going, he's an idiot, he's just not going to last. And so um, he, um, I don't know how many of you ever watch uh, uh, James uh, Cameron, is that what his name is? It, it, Corden, I, I had to remember, yeah. So, uh, Carpool Karaoke, you ever watch that? So this is him interviewing um, Kanye, and it's not in a car, it's actually on a plane. It's pretty cool, so check this out. So this is a big thing, this Sunday service. When did you go, this is the thing I want to do? Actually, when I went to the hospital a few years ago, I wrote in the hospital, start a church in Calabasas. It's something I had a feeling that I needed to do that God put on my heart and now he just keeps on taking me to new levels and taking us to other levels that we, we didn't even imagine before. So and correct me if I'm wrong, so lots of people I think would be shocked to hear you talk like that but, but me as I think about it I feel like in a lot of your music, certainly earlier music, that message was always there like even you know if you think about the last line of Jesus Walks mm -hmm. When you say, I need to talk to God, but I'm but afraid. I'm, I'm afraid because it's been so long. Yes. How long were you holding on to that feeling before you get to the, before you're in that place where you're in, you're in hospital two years ago and you write down, I need to start a church, and then this starts to, to come? Do you feel like that's always been there burning inside you? I mean, yes, and God's always had a plan for me, and He always wanted to use me, but I think He wanted me to suffer more and wanted people to see my suffering and see my pain and put stigmas and on me and have me go through all the experiences the human experiences so now when i talk about how jesus saved me more people can relate to that experience if it was just oh we grew up with this guy's music and now he's a superstar it's 
it's less compelling than, oh, this guy had a mental breakdown, this guy was in debt, this guy's been through, you know, not been through, but this guy has a beautiful five years of marriage, which, you know, marriage years are different than human, like, you know how dog years, or what is it, seven years? <laughs> See, yeah, why, every, every, why are marriage years Every, every marriage year is like 100 years. years. It's like 500 <laughs> years of marriage. You know, there's a lot of people that were praying for me when I was, you know, all the way gone. When I was on the, you know, at the MTV Awards holding a Hennessy bottle, running on stage. When I was, uh, you know, doing creative direction for certain award shows. And it was people in my family that were praying for me, but they couldn't call me and scream at me. I'm a grown man. I made my own mind. I actually made it this far by not listening to anybody. Sure. You know, so I don't want advice from people, but it's God, you know, that came and put this thing on my heart and said, you know, are you, are you ready to be in service to, to him? So we need to pray for him, not judge him, right? And all the people out there like that, uh, interesting, I guess if you're married to the Kardashians, it's like dog years, whatever. <laughs> that was kind of a crazy statement, wasn't it? The crazy guy. But uh, we need to pray for him. We need to pray for him. Now, here's the good news, the great joy, that it can outshine our fear. Have you, if, you've, if you've read the Bible much, you don't have to be very far, and there's always all these fear not, fear not, fear not, things in the Bible. And, and, and the reason it says that is because we basically are fearful people. Uh, and, and sometimes when we consider like the joy that we can have, it's like, but it sometimes can be outweighed by, by the fear that, that we, we have. And so in this particular instance, you know, the, these guys are out in the field and they're, they're terrified. I, on the one hand, it's kind of like there's, there's fear in the one hand and there's great joy in the other because, wow, you know, God has broken his silence. You know, 400 years have gone by and all of a sudden, wow, Big things are happening. And maybe you feel that in this season. Maybe there's a sense of, like, you know, I want to have joy, but my fear is outweighing my, my joy right now. When I think of that, it, it makes me think of uh, big wave surfing. So I've been, I've been surfing most of my life. And uh, some of my funnest days, the days when I, this, the most exhilaration that I've experienced are on the biggest days, but I also, they were the most terrifying days. And, and so I, 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 you know, I remember the biggest waves I've surfed have been about 20 feet, which is to me like huge. And, and I just remember being out there and thinking, I, I want this so bad, but I am so terrified right now. And then actually paddling into one of those things and, and uh, not wiping out and making it and, and thinking and then, you know, finishing the wave and, and just going, yes, unspeakable joy, man, I did it. And at that point, my joy outweighed my fear. And I, I think that translates into a lot of things in our life. Uh, you're going to start a business, and there's fear and trepidation, like, oh, man, I just, I just hope this business works. I, I don't know. And then it starts to work, and all of a sudden, the joy outweighs the fear. Uh, you, you're going to be a parent. And we all, for some of you, if, you kinda, if you've experienced that, you're like, oh, no, I, I don't know what that's going to be like. And then the joy of that outweighs the fear. And, and, and when, it, when it comes to what God brings to the table for us, the joy, if we'll really, really open our eyes and see what God has for us, we'll realize that, that the joy is always going to be bigger than the fear. We, we just need to see it. Sometimes, this, uh, Leslie Kuhn said this, sometimes God calms the storm, but sometimes God lets the storm rage and he calms his child. And you, you may have come here today and you're saying, boy, I am in the middle of something right now it is so difficult. It is robbing me of my joy. Uh, I'm bummed out. Uh, this Christmas season is not helping me. 
But here's what you need to know. And it, we go back to that joy thing and, and, and the fear. That if you just lean on God a little bit more, invite him in a little bit more to whatever that situation, he's going to get you through the storm and he's going to get you through it with a little bit of joy in, in your life. The first Christmas carol came down in a different way than you might have experienced it. We didn't sing it. The, the angels sang it. The, the first Christmas carol was an anthem that rained down from heaven, not a hymn that rose from the earth. And it says suddenly the, the, company, the company of angels was singing and they, these, they appeared before these shepherds, glory to God in the highest. Now, here's what's significant about this. I've been studying world religions my entire life, mostly, you know, of course, the Bible, but other religions. I don't know of any other faith system or religion where it's about God reaching down to man instead of man reaching up to God. Everything else is, we're going to climb the mountain. We've got to make ourselves presentable. We've got to do stuff. We've got to work. We've got somehow, if we're going to get to nirvana or whatever it is, we have to, we have to do stuff. And in this moment, God says, no, I'm reaching down to you. I'm singing down to you. I'm going to sing an anthem to you and let you know it's not about you. It's about what I'm going to do for you because you need a Savior. I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And that is the greatest news that we could ever, ever experience. It's not about us pulling ourselves up by our bootstrap. That, that's why so many people don't want to go to church. You know, I, I talk to people all the time. They're like, I'm not going to walk in that church, man. You, you know, that, the, the lightning will strike if I walk in that church. There, there's a sense of that. It's like, in other words, I got to get better before I can go to a church. And there's nothing further from the truth than that. God came to save us from ourselves, and he sang down to us the good news of that, of his. Jesus embraced the mission of bringing great joy to us. You know, Jesus talked about joy a lot. I'm going to give you just a few verses here out of the book of John. In John 15 11, it says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In John 16, 20, your grief will turn to joy. That's going to be good news for somebody who's come today and they're not feeling well about life. He says, your grief will turn to joy. John 17, 13, so that they may have the full measure of my joy in them. See, when I talk about joy, and I probably need to make this distinction, it's, it's a little bit different than happiness. Uh, you ask a lot of people, what's your goal in life? Just want to be happy. Just want to be happy. Um, and, and, and I get that. Like we, we all get that. But so what is the difference between joy and happiness? Happiness is really based on what's happening. It's situational. If, you know, I'm in Disneyland. You know, it's the happiest place in the world. I'm happy. Okay? But now I'm somewhere else. I'm at work. Maybe I don't like my job. Uh, I'm, in a difficult, I'm in a relationship that's really difficult, whatever it is, and, I, and I'm not happy. So what is joy? Joy is not like that. Joy is about having something that stirs deep inside. It's like these undercurrents, foundational and currents, currents inside of us that say, even though things may not all be good, even though maybe my relationships are not perfect, maybe my financial situation isn't great, even though I might be uh, maybe even physically suffering a little bit, there's this thing inside of us. Here's the joy part that says, God's got my back and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. Life's going to be okay. And that's that joy factor that we're talking about. It's not dependent on what's going on out there, on your bank account, on your health. It's dependent on God. 
And he gives us this supernatural joy that will get us through some of the most difficult times in, in, in life. Charles Spurgeon, you may have heard of him. He was a 19th century preacher. They called him the, the Prince of Preachers. And he once made this statement. And I, it's, it's this pretty outrageous statement when you think about it. But he says, Christians should be the most happy and joyful people to be found anywhere upon the face of the earth. So th- does that mean we're always walking around going, Ah! I'm so happy. I just no, no, it's not about that. But but it's that under that that thing inside of us that says, you know what? Life is good. God is good. And uh, ultimately my eternity is good. And that's big right there. But no matter what happens, God's got a hold of my life, and I, I know that I, I can count on him. So here, here's a great question. This is a really, really good question. I want you to think about it. Does how I celebrate reflect who I celebrate. Now, the reason I asked this question is, is because I've noticed something around Christmas time, and I've noticed something among a lot of Christians, and, and that is that there are some Christians that get real happy around Christmas, and, and I think they celebrate it well, and we should, but I've noticed that there are other Christians that get angry around Christmas time, and they get angry at, at things like, like, for instance, this, this Starbucks cup, and they look at the Starbucks cup, and it says, Merry coffee, like they're secularizing my holiday. How could they do that? You know, and you, you go to Target or someplace and, and they go, Happy holiday, like, no, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, and we're like, like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what is that all about? They've stolen our holiday. Well, it, you know, it's actually, it's, 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 it belongs to God. And I think God is bigger than all that. And here's a question I want to ask you. Does that really help the cause of Christ? When we, all, we get all bent out of shape, we get all angry, we start yelling at our culture and saying, you're taking the Christ out of Christmas. Is, isn't there a better way that we can do this? Like, how about serving? How about just being happy with grumpy people? You know, I mean, there are a lot of people this time of the year, they're, they're kind of grumpy. And so, like, how about we just bring in a whole different kind of, of attitude? And that becomes something that begins to speak to the people around us, and, and, and they say, there, there is something uh, about you. The other day, last, last Friday, uh, we did a, an outreach for uh, our Northern Division Police Department, and also our firemen. The firemen, I don't think, are in, in that picture. Uh, and there was uh, 14 of us, they're not all in that picture right there, that came out. I just, first of all, I just want to thank everybody that came to serve. It was a great day. Uh, we, we had uh, tacos and we had shave ice. And uh, we were there from 11 to 3. And, and we were just, you know, watching the police come and go and the fire department people, having great conversations with them. But I was talking to Matt. Matt uh, is in the picture and he is um, the captain right now over in the Northern Division. Matt's a good friend of mine. I used to surf with him. Anyway, I was talking to Matt, and Matt just could not thank us enough. And he just kept saying, you just don't know what this means to us. And I, and I said, well, yeah, I get it. He said, no, you don't get it. He said, do you know what we're going through right now, what the police are going through with all of the negativity about us? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my people, my men and my women. He says, and they're, they're hanging their head a little lower these days. He goes, man, it's a tough environment out there today. And he said, Steve, this means so much to us that you would come and, and, you know, just bring these talks and just hang out with and just honor us. Those are the kind of things that we can do. 
instead of you know protesting about somehow taking the, the Christ out, 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 of, out of the holiday. Or we can do things like this. We talked about it earlier, Christmas in a card, helping people that really are struggling, people that are uh, they're not going to have a very good Christmas apart from maybe you and I stepping up and saying, you know what, we're going to give you a little blessing, we're going to give you a little extra, you can have some gift for your kids, maybe you can have a little more food on the table this Christmas, and so we're going to people that are, are, are really um, below the poverty, poverty line and struggling. I know for some of you are like, well, we, you know, we live in Pacific Beach, it's not like that. No, you don't know. There are a lot of people that are living below the poverty line all around here that are struggling, and, and so we're, we're going we're to help those people. Those are some of the things that we can do to bring the joy to, to them. That is how we ought to celebrate this holiday and celebrate our Lord. And then Jesus makes joy in this. He makes it present, practical, and personal. Look what it says. Today, today as in today, okay, that's part of the joy, not yesterday's joy, not maybe tomorrow's joy, but today in the town of David, a Savior that's practical. Like, I need a Savior. You need a Savior. I need God's intervention. How, many, how often do we, we're just crying out to God, saying, God, I need you to help me right now. I need to get through this. God, you've got to come through. I'll give you a, a real quick uh, instance of that. My wife and I were told uh, not too long ago by our, our landlord, we've lived in the same home for 20, 26 years, and uh, there's some things going on, and he just said, so I need you out by February. And we're like, oh, man, right around the Christmas season. And so we started praying about this, and we're like, God, you know, we, we were planning on moving at some point, but, like, not right now. And, and so we just kept praying about it, and so finally uh, we reached out to him, and we said, is there any way that we can, like, delay this? And he got back to us, and he said, I'll tell you what. You just stay the rest of the summer. You got it. Now we have to stay until September, he said. And then we'll go month by month after that. Total answer to prayer. And we're, we're committed to that. But just little things like that. I mean, it was, it was going to be kind of a tough holiday. And suddenly, every, everything changed. Because God has, has our back. And then he makes it personal. Because we have a relationship with him. Because he's not this just concept. He's not, you know, just like uh, that, that God way out there. He's the God who loves us up close and personal. And really gets involved in, in, in our life. Let's get back into the story and we'll finish up here. Verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had been told them, what he had told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. That's what we ought to be. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The joy, the joy of Christmas is too good to keep to ourselves. What's, what's the first thing they did? They said, we, we can't keep this to ourselves. Man, we are going to go out and we are going to spread the word. My, uh, my son and I were talking just a few days ago, and we, uh, in our family, we love Italian food. And so he was telling me about this new Italian restaurant, and you should have heard the, the enthusiasm. He said, Dad, Dad, Dad. He goes, there is this new Italian restaurant, and he begins to tell me about it. And he describes the food. 
And he says, the, the, the Yelp ratings are like out of this world. Everybody's talking about this Italian. I mean, my taste buds are beginning to like react as he's talking to me about this. And, and so he, he tells me where it is. And so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's a secret. It's a secret spot that just my son and I are going to keep from all of you. Is that what we do? No, no. It's in Ocean Beach. It's on Voltaire Avenue. It's called Cesarina. Now you know. Secret's out, right? But isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do when we have something that's such good news? Isn't that what the gospel ought to be to us? Like the, the, the thing that is changing my life, not just changed my life, but continues to change my life. The thing that gives me joy when I'm struggling in life. The thing that sustains me. Why would I not share that good news with my coworkers? with my neighbors, with all the different people that are in my life, even with that person that I judged, even with a Kanye West. Why would I not share the good news with them? You see, when I focus on the joy of Christmas, the joy of who Jesus is, you just can't help but worship. And so these, these shepherds, man, they come back and they're singing the praise. They go, we just experienced the most phenomenal thing. Hope has come into our world. Hope has come, more importantly, into our, our life. That's what God wants us. He wants us to have that, that joy and then just spread the joy every, everywhere that we go. And so the, the, the question that I want to leave us with this morning is, in a very practical way, what does that look like for you? How are you going to spread the joy? Maybe, maybe a more important question is, do you have the joy? Do you really have Jesus up close, personal, in your life? And so let me, let me pray for you. Father, in this moment, we recognize that it is a blessed, blessed time of the year. And yet for some, it's not perceived that way. And, and, and so, Father, we just, we just would ask that if there's anybody here today and, and the fear outweighs the joy that, God, you just help them to embrace you, open their hearts to you, open their mind to you, and realize that, that as they invite you in to the maybe even traumatic parts of their life, the difficult parts, the crazy parts of their life, that you will begin to bring joy and peace and hope into those parts of their life. So if there's somebody here today who is far away from you, and they know they've drifted, that they come back to you and know that you're right there. May they open their hearts. And God, I, I just pray that this church, these people, that we would, we would spread the gospel just by our attitude and our love and by the way we serve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.